Hello, I'm Joe, this month's host of The Commentarians. I'm Gina D'Alfonso, writer, classic film fan, and big fan of Charles Dickens. And we're here to talk over your movies. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to The Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Hello, welcome everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Gina. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, commies. And Merry Christmas, you old movie house. Merry Christmas, you old savings and loan. Oh, I hope all of you guys are. <laughs> uh, I hope all of you guys are having a wonderful Christmas season. Uh, we're still a few uh, weeks away from the actual Christmas holiday, but uh, I'm happy to announce that I have a fan favorite. Gina D'Alfonso is back on the show. How you doing, Gina? Doing great, and I'm so honored to be a fan favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, you, yours is one of the highest uh, downloaded episodes that we've had. Uh, and yeah, I got a lot of positive comments from that. So, uh, you um, did, so yeah, you did old fashioned, a great conversation we had. So I was so happy to have you back to talk about this movie that you picked. Which movie did you pick? I picked a Christmas Carol, uh, from 1951, which was originally titled Scrooge, but here in the U S we know it as a Christmas Carol. And wow. uh, it's my favorite version of, or it's my favorite Christmas Carol adaptation. And I think it's a favorite for a lot of people, judging from what I hear. Yeah, uh, I was about to talk about that, that little controversy. Mm -hmm. What is it called? Because oh. <laughs> it is a Christmas Carol in a lot of places, on the DVD, on Amazon, but then it's also Scrooge. And it's Scrooge mm -hmm. on the title card. Uh, so yeah, it was a little confusing there, but I think, uh, most people understand it. Yes. Yeah, yes. So. It, it was, it was originally called Scrooge. Um, yeah. so yeah, but, uh, I, I think, um, Americans called it a Christmas Carol just because that was the more familiar title. I, I think that's sure. what happened. Sure. And, um, I, I have to say this is also my favorite version. I remember seeing this in elementary school. They actually, we had an assembly right before we went off on Christmas break, and they showed us on a big giant screen this version of A Christmas Carol, mm -hmm. and it's been my favorite since, and especially because I think a lot of people said that it's the closest adaptation to the, you know, the, the most, uh, the closest to the actual book, and I, I, I read the book a long time ago, but there's one scene in particular that sticks out to me that they do have in this movie that I don't think appears in any other movie. So I'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you recognize that also? Um, I'm not sure. You know, I have watched a lot of versions, uh, and some versions I've only watched in pieces, you know, as you do sure. when they're on TV. So I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not quite certain 
which scene you're referring to, but uh, so so I will wait and let you um, talk about that uh, whenever whenever we come to it. But I'll be interested to see which one it is because it does um, this one does follow the book pretty closely, but. Yeah, yeah, but but like all adaptations, it has its own little uh, things that it adds and things that it takes out, and and it's it's very interesting. But yeah, it, it does it does do a nice job of sticking with the story, and and even sometimes going going a little deeper and like connecting some dots for us, which which I kind of like the way they do that. But but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So let's just jump into it, so we can have all these conversations during the movie yes. when they pop up. <laughs> And so, (laughs) so let's get into it. Like always, uh, we are going to have a countdown three, two, one, and play. And that's when you guys press play. We're at all zeros. And now, different versions have different starts. So, we're at a black screen right before we see the bookshelf. So, that's where we're going to start off with. If you guys are watching, if not, then feel free to just listen. And uh, I think you're going to follow along just fine. But let's get into it. Three, two, one play all right oliver twist david copperfield a tale of two cities and a christmas carol you uh you seem to you said you were a big dickens fan i am yes yeah uh i've read all those books have you i have um the all the the major uh works of fiction there are some there, there are plenty of essays and other articles and other things, too, that I don't know if ever, anybody has read all of them. But, <laughs> right. yeah, the, the, the major works, yes. Um, and I, I have a little blog uh, that's just devoted to Dickens, which I, I will bring up again later on uh, in context. Nice. But, yeah, so that, that's that's just a little thing I do for fun because um, I am so very fond of his, his writing. Yeah, he is actually a really good writer. He's like one of those writers that are so popular you forget how good he actually is. Yes, that's a very good description. <laughs> yeah. and But, yeah, I've read A Tale of Two Cities and um, Great Expectations. I read Great Expectations on my own because I thought it would help me with girls. I did a bit, I guess. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of his writing. In what writing. way? Now I'm curious. What, what, what about? In, in what way did it help you with girls? Well, isn't it a romance a bit? It it has some romance in it. I heard that it was a romance, and it you know I guess it kind of was. It has its moments in there. Yeah, but then, um, well, yeah. I I mean, I was I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> It has it has lessons. Let's put it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should. Yeah, that's true. I, I I was misled. I should say. Yeah. Oh, oh, but in the movie here, this character here, who Scrooge is talking to, he played uh, the Russian ambassador in um, Doctor Strangelove, and I mm-hmm. love this actor. I've seen him pop up here and there in different movies that I've seen, but he has such a distinct voice and face, and he's such. I just love that character so much. That character oh, that's actor. That's cool. You you have a good eye. Yeah, because he only appears for that few seconds. So now my sound on the movie is not working at the moment, and oh. I'm trying to figure out how to get it working. I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, no, no, I mean you don't have to have sound. I, I have the yeah. closed, closed captioning on myself. Yeah. But um, I don't know what's going on there, but, oh. but try to figure this out. Okay. Well, uh, we... Me, I mean, we Go can ahead. keep talking while I do that, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have just watched this recently, and okay. um, 
but yeah, this this scene right here is uh, Scrooge being a real. I mean, you're led to believe he has no heart. He has absolutely no empathy yeah. or emotion because there we have a guy begging for more time to pay back uh, what he owes Scrooge. And he says, well, sorry, if you can't pay back, pay it, then you're going to jail. That's the way it works. Yeah. And it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, um, you know, if, if you're a bad dude on Christmas Eve, <laughs> that the point the point pretty much is that uh, you are a very very bad dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess this uh, goes to kind of explain. I guess with Dickens, with old classic literature, and especially with old black and white movies, a lot of this doesn't seem as scary, you know, because it's there's no monsters, there's no terrifying scenes. But just the ideas that it's bringing up are pretty terrifying on their yeah, own. Yeah, that's a good point. It's the ideas. Yeah. It's, it's the yeah. ideas that get to you. Right. And so right. I, I do just like remembering like or watching watching this movie through, just what it what it brings up are quite terrifying just thinking about them. The existential dread, the fear of like losing everything you own and you know, dying alone, all those like real terrifying ideas that uh that it brings up that i don't think we really give credit to uh give him credit for because again uh he's seen as like this you know chipper happy kind of uh story writer uh you know dickens and especially a christmas carol how often it's been made as kind of like a a cheery you know decent uh christmas story but uh it, it is actually pretty terrifying yeah, it has a lot of co in common with uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" that way. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I'm 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 uh, writing an article comparing the two uh, stories, so that's kind of on my mind at the moment. But um, Capra also, Frank Capra, director of "It's a Wonderful Life" and other films, is also seen as very chipper and and uh, you know rose-colored glasses and all the rest of it until you watch his films again, and then you're like, oh wow, that is super dark. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, very interesting. I mean, the fact that Dickens and Capra were able to handle the bright side of life so well, mm -hmm. uh, that reputation sort of sticks with them. And yet they, I think their, their brighter stuff stands out because of the very dark background that they do it against. So they have that in common. Yeah. Uh, that article that you're writing, are you going to compare Mr. Potter to uh, Scrooge? Possibly. Um, it's it's only in the very, very early stages, so um, I'm not sure yet. I may do that. Okay. But um, it's going to be more of an overarching uh, comparison of the two stories. So um, Of course. Yeah. So, so yeah, but, but I may get into that. Uh, we will see. But um, so this is actually kind of good preparation <laughs> for me to write it. <laughs> that, uh, just thoroughly hashing out all this Christmas Carol stuff. This is going to be really great for me. So thank you for, <laughs> for the opportunity. Yeah. I, well, here we have uh, kind of uh, them setting up his life, what his life is like. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Of course, he his first in, utterance of the word humbug, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I, I, I think uh, I looked it up. It's the opposite of humdinger, humbug. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it that way. But yeah, you're right. But yeah here we have uh, his nephew who is, mm -hmm. uh, or no, is this his... It is one of his nephews, is he, isn't he? No, just the one. He just has the one. Yeah. Oh, and but this other gentleman, this handsome party uh, fellow. Do you mean Bob Cratchit? No, no, no. Uh, the other fella. 
Um, uh, if, if I, I'm confusing I, who the cousin is and who a friend is. Um, there in the in the counting house, there's Scrooge, there's Bob Cratchit, and then there's the nephew Fred. Okay, yeah, the nephew Fred, right? Yeah, the nephew Fred. He this is kind of setting up the fact that. You know, he doesn't want to have a party or a Scrooge. He doesn't want to attend a party. He doesn't want to have all this fun on Christmas. He's just a dark, you know, cynical, you know, bad fellow. And uh, we're going to see later on the kind of fun that his uh, his nephew is having, mm-hmm. you know, on a, you know, at, at the party that he's throwing that he invited Scrooge to that he didn't want to be a part of. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it sets up a lot there with, uh, you know, that existentialness that, you know, not not really experiencing life. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, yeah, I'm going to have a lot yeah. to say about that later on. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, can we just have a shout out to Bob Cratchit's uh, Victorian sideburns? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you you got to hand it to, to the facial hair of the, the 1930s. <laughs> We have a uh, tiny Tim again. Uh, really, a dark, a dark turn that it takes once uh, he goes into the future. If nothing changes, as mm-hmm. uh, again as corny as the family scenes are, it's really. I mean, you, you got to say that it's really sweet and mm-hmm. really oh, nice, yeah. and um, and yeah, and again, it could go into a really real dark place if Scrooge doesn't change his mind. So. Some of these dolls are a real dark place. Yeah, those <laughs> dolls, boy. Uh, we, uh, we have Tiny Tim. <laughs> Tiny Tim wanting, you know, kind of like looking longingly at toys that he can't afford. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, terrifying dolls also <laughs> that are literally laughing at him. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, like I said, uh, it, this is kind of on some level... You know, we have a uh, maybe how Mr. Potter became Mr. Potter kind of, uh, you know, uh, comparison. We actually see why Scrooge became as bad as he was or as he became. Mm -hmm. And it's not this terrible thing that happened to him. It's just a direction he fell into. And uh, that's a good. Yeah. A lot of little uh, choices and decisions and and just sort of going along with um, with what he saw as the direction of the world. Right. And here we have Bob Cratchit, you know, uh, trying, wanting Christmas off. And uh, yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge, not happy about it, but you know. Yeah. And as we'll see a little bit later, um, this is a conversation they keep having. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's it's become an annual tradition. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have to just say that um, when I got out my DVD to to watch this in preparation, sure. I th- there's a couple different DVDs in the package, and I inadvertently put in the color one. Oh, and, and I was like, oh shoot, I uh, I've got this color one, and I watched it for a while before I realized I also had a black and white one. Oh, so that was great relief. The colorized version is not. Uh, I mean, I do not recommend it. I, I generally don't recommend uh, colorizing. Yeah, me neither. And, and so I, all that to say, I'm really appreciating the black and white cinematography here. I mean, <laughs> when they shoot it that way, they need it, it's. I think it's for a reason. Right. It, in this case, it really suits the story, and um, they they did a good job of it, and it's it it, it looks good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Colorizing is really 
um, I don't know, a real bad direction. I think because there's there are a lot of people that say they don't like black and white movies. Yeah. And I think that I think Ted Turner actually bought the entire Warner archives and he yeah. worked yeah, towards colorizing them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people came out to Congress, literally went mm-hmm. to Congress to yeah, uh, try Jimmy to Stewart. force him not to. Jimmy Stewart was one of them, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart yeah. being one of them. And yeah, that was such a bad decision. Yeah. Uh, I think I think um, we now have sort of gotten away from that. I, I haven't seen it happening as much anymore. But yeah, it, it's it, uh, it it's not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Even even if you're trying, I mean, if they were trying to get people to like black and white movies, I think the reaction against colorization <laughs> in that direction. Yeah. And, and like I said, like you have uh, both versions of this, a colored version and a, uh, a black and white version. I have the best version of It's a Wonderful Life that I could find had both the black and white and colored version. I've never yeah. reached for the colored version, never been tempted oh, to see it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there was this big controversy back in the day when uh, years ago, and th- uh, that's uh, used by, uh, you know, people who argue with uh, George Lucas because he changed the, yeah. the original versions of uh, Star Wars. He went to Congress as well to say, no, the original versions belong to the public. You cannot change them after the fact. What did he do? Turn around. <laughs> yeah, and he completely changed his mind. But the argument being that, he, you know, he's doing it to his own work. But at the end of the day, it, does art belong to the public or to the artist? And an argument yeah. could be made for both. That, that, that's the, the uh, perennial argument. Yeah. And, and it does belong a little bit to both, I think. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I keep bringing up this idea that uh, Ebenezer, he was at dinner and he wanted more bread. And they said, oh, it cost a, you know, a little bit more, a little bit extra cash for the bread. And he decided against it. <laughs> okay, let me check, let me check real quick on where you are because I think mine jumped ahead a little bit. Where oh. where are you right now? Uh, he's at his home, uh, drinking soup. Okay, okay. Actually, I think I got a little bit behind. Let me oh. just. Okay, okay. Now I got it. Okay. Um, when when I was trying to fix the sound, it, it jumped around a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Just just to backtrack a second, I wanted to say I love the bit with the blind man and the dog. Yeah. I mean, that that straight out of the book because Dickens says something somewhere blind men's dogs would tug tug their masters down alleys to avoid Scrooge and so they literally <laughs> put that in the film and I love I, I love when they put like just these little bits in that, that are reflective of the original narration yeah like even the dog know oh let's get let's get away from this guy like we rec- they recognize him even like even the the dogs in town know who Scrooge is yeah yeah now, um, a quick word about Alistair Sim, who is playing the lead here. Mm-hmm. Um, he is—he—he he is a heck of an actor. I, I'm yeah. very fond of him. See, seen him in a lot of, of things, or and um, he—he's I, I, really underplaying in this first part of the movie, which is impressive because he could have—I mean, he could have chewed scenery. Uh, <laughs> he had that ability. I mean, now here he's where where um, in the Marley. Scenes, he's starting to, you know, like liven up a little bit. But, but even so, I mean, he could have gone way over the top, and I, he he uses a little self restraint here, and, and that's that's commendable. Well, because you yeah. don't 
You don't go all in right away. <laughs> no, but especially how Marley plays is played. Uh, mm-hmm. He Marley is going all out playing this mm-hmm. character, and how you're. I think you're right. The acting of uh, Alistair Sims really, you know, played down in comparison to uh, to the Marley character. Yeah. Who's yeah. screaming and putting like literally putting his wrist to his forehead and yelling "Woe is me!" But, yes, uh, yeah. very dramatic. Um, uh, something about Marley. The book says that Marley unwinds the the wrapping around his head and his jaw falls down on his chest. Now mm-hmm. I never quite got that mental image until I saw the version of this film with uh, Jim Carrey. I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah, I did. Okay, so that 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 was the Disney one that was like sort of um, what's the word? Not animated. That's not not I, the word I'm looking. For. Yeah, it's like computer animated. Computer uh, animated. Yeah. yeah. And, and Marley does that, and it literally happens. His jaw literally falls down. And then I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's horrifying!" Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, now I get I get <laughs> what they was going for there. Now I get the effect. But it took all the all those years and all those many adaptations uh, until somebody really <laughs> literally showed that. Yeah. And here we have, uh, well, Scrooge, again, I think this happens in every version. Scrooge doesn't believe what he's seeing. He's trying to make excuses for it. Uh, and, you know, he's dealing with the spirit world, so. Yeah, yeah. And he's still being his, his, uh, his. Um, I want to say his grounded self, like like refusing, like just clinging to the practical side of life. Sure. Uh, only believing in what he can see until he's forced to believe otherwise. Right. So now I have a, a terrible confession to make about Marley. Um, another thing about Marley. The first version of A Christmas Carol I ever saw was the Mickey Mouse one. I don't know if you saw that one. I did. That's actually my one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. Yes. They, they actually did a really nice job on that. And to this day, I think I would have to say that Goofy is my favorite Marley. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, just so funny. And yeah, I'm he is. so into him as a kid. Like all the all the bits and all the slapstick and everything, and I just I still have <laughs> piece of that in my heart. <laughs> yeah, because even like you know when uh, when Scrooge is like you know kind of egging him on about how much fun they had stealing from the poor, he kind of falls <laughs> back into oh yeah that was so great, and then he's like no no wait hold on. Like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah that was great, and then falling down the stairs. And yeah, everything. <laughs> you yeah. can hear all the and chains and bells and locks. It's yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Michael Hordern, the actor here, is is doing a nice job with the melodrama and everything. And yeah. I, I like how I like how when he comes in, he has his eyes turned up. I mean, that's that's kind of cool. That's a, that's a little bit chilling, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then when Scrooge says, "Do you see this toothpick? You're not looking at it." That, I mean, that <laughs> that works because he's not looking at it. Yeah. And so yeah, and the hand to the forehead and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's the thing is that he's saying that in this, maybe it's because I'm a dumb dumb and I never picked up on it. Did, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Marley, he has a change of heart on his deathbed. And they talked about that earlier when these people came to ask for hand for donations for the poor. When they went to these people went to Scrooge's office, Marley actually gave his money at the end of his life over, you know, to charity 
trying to save himself, I guess. Did he get Did visited he by ghosts? Ghosts? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm not sure if um, if the people, if the guys with the charity actually said that because Marley did that or just because they were trying to, they, they say something like, well, we're sure his generosity is represented by you, but I don't know oh. if they know for a fact that he was really generous or if they're just saying that because uh, they think it's like a nice thing to say. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, because now, yeah, I, Go ahead. I have to say that the chains and the locks here are really well done. Yeah. Um, all the stuff hanging off of Marley, you really get a sense of how heavy they are. Right. But yeah, like on his deathbed, he tells like Scrooge that he has to change his ways. I w I keep wondering yeah. whether he actually saw. Oh, and the window opens up on its own. That was great. That's a good question. Yeah, that 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 is a good question. I hadn't given that a lot of thought, but you may be right. Yeah. Now there are there have been like like uh, people have written sequels and fanfic and stuff like that where um, after Scrooge is redeemed, then he tries to find ways to help Marley. So that I mean. Oh. That, that, that's kind of a nice thought, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. This is one of the scenes that I'm talking about that I haven't seen in any other version except the Jim Carrey version where you, you mean the, the woman, the beggar woman and the ghost. Yeah. That I yeah. don't think it happens in any other version except for this one and the Jim Carrey version where these ghosts, he looks out the window and he sees ghosts like kind of having to bear witness to the people that are suffering on earth. And they have, I think you Go ahead. I think you're right. Yeah. And they they all have different levels of chains on them. So they're literally, he realizes that the city is full of these ghosts having to drag chains and lockboxes around. You know, as Marley said, every time you do something bad, like you're just, you know, collecting links to your chain. Yeah. And, and now they're remorseful when it's too late. Yeah. Th that, that is, that is very well done. Yeah. Now, I think if I were Scrooge, I would leave the bed curtains open <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah, because I would want to see what was coming for me. <laughs> there, yeah, there's nothing more terrifying than actually closing, you know, <laughs> yourself in further. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, he actually got to sleep. I don't know how. Which is, I, I, I don't know how either. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> I would turn on every light in the house and play music. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. So now uh, the first ghost is visiting uh, Scrooge. And um, it's interesting with the ghost of Christmas past. Um, Dickens gives like a pretty, um, I mean, it's, it's a pretty, I, I don't want to say concrete description about a ghost, <laughs> but a, a pretty specific description. And yet he does it in a way that it could be a baby. It could be an old man. It could be like all kinds of things because yeah. it's sort of a shifting and changing ghost. So you see th this ghost done in all kinds of ways in the films and mm -hmm. uh, there, wh whatever way they choose, it's, it's usually pretty well done Th this time they chose to, to go with the old man. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, <laughs> Scrooge is wondering, well, how far back do you go? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, just, <laughs> just as far back as you, uh, you know, as it concerns you. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, this is essentially exposition, mm -hmm. you know, to the story, but it's done so well because it explains why, why Scrooge is the way that he is. And uh, it's a part of the story. So mm -hmm. as much as is it's exposition, it's also really important to the whole 
to the whole point. So we're learning about the character as well as, uh, you know, understand, like being, uh, telling a story. Yeah. I think this movie spends a lot longer in the past than any of the other movies. It, it spends yeah, longer yeah, in the seriously. past than the book does. Um, that they've, they've added a lot of things in here and, uh, but, but it, it's well done. I, I, I do like the way that they did it. Mm-hmm. And, um, And uh, the t- traveling through time is done through a tunnel and an hourglass. Yeah, so it's simple, but it works. <laughs> yeah, you get the point. <laughs> and he's at a boarding school. He he visits his uh, childhood self, and he's at a boarding school. Mm-hmm. Where and, where he was very lonely. Yeah, he was like every kid got to go home except for him, until his sister comes and uh, you know informs him that uh, your that father has changed. Yeah, and, and um, it's um, so so you start to I mean you you, you oh, there's all these little bits and like it's like okay so how did this play into who he became how did that play like when he was a lonely child um, things got better for him later but then did did uh, the remembrance of that loneliness did that sort of like um, contribute to and becoming a bad person, it, it, all, all these interesting little things. And then when when Fan, um, he he and Fan talk about their father, their family, mm-hmm. how um, what you know why his father changed. That there's more psychological depth here. I mean, the the story, the, the original story, uh, the original book mm-hmm. um, doesn't quite get into some of these things, which is you know which is fine. It's obviously still a great book, but I, I like how. She talks about, you know, father, father changed because, you know, um, mother died in childbirth and, and uh, now he's changing back. And blah. It just sort of adds some, it, like I said before, it sort of connects some dots, adds a little depth, and it, it's nicely done. Yeah, and then you, you find out that uh, Fan and Alice, his future girlfriend and wife, um, how they were kind of keeping him good almost like they were they were giving him humanity yeah and yeah. um i think that with fan it's almost like uh you know to bring it to the bible um the widow that elijah visits mm-hmm. uh in the old testament uh he visits a widow who's uh who's running out of food and who is thinking she's going to starve to death with her son and so elijah feeds her you know mir- miraculously there's more food appears in her barrel and then her mm-hmm. son ends up dying anyway. And so yeah. she asks, why did God send you to me? Just so that, did he send you to me to save my family only to take him away, to take them away, only to take my son away? Mm. And it's almost like I, I kind of felt that connection here where, you know, his sister comes and rescues him from this, you know, terribly lonely boarding house, brings him back home only so that he can watch her pass away as she... uh you know, in childbirth, and just as he, you know, feels a bit, I guess, was made to feel responsible for his mother's death. That That's a really great comparison. I never thought of that. But yeah, that, that's very true. Like, he almost, like, feels resentful about, you know, good things. Like, almost like a lot of people feel like when too many good things happen, they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe that happened to him. Maybe he, he was rescued only to, you know, watch his uh you know his beloved sister pass away and it must be so heartbreaking 
Yeah, and I think they they sort of make it pretty clear that this is a reason that he he uh, is not on good terms with his nephew. Um, yeah. He sort of resents him a little bit. Uh, yeah. So even though you know he himself was the cause of his or. or seems to have been the cause of his mother's death. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so he and Fred actually have that in common. <laughs> and here we have a bit of humanity coming back to Scrooge as he's watching his past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's definitely starting to thaw out. Yeah. His uh his first uh employer threw Christmas parties every year and that's where you met his uh his girlfriend, Alice. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, yeah, when, once he's standing there witnessing this, he's like, no, he's so happy again remembering that time. So he's not a total monster, it seems. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, the, the, the trip to the past is already doing him some good. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they changed the girlfriend's name, incidentally. It was, it was Belle originally. It's been Belle in, I think, pretty much every version I've seen except this one. I don't yeah. know why it's out here. But um, anyway, uh, George Cole is young Scrooge. And interestingly, he, Alastair Sim was a mentor and friend of his. And they, were to, they, they acted together in 11 movies. Oh, wow. So uh, I guess um, I, I think uh, he, he does a good job playing young Alastair Sim. Obviously, he mm-hmm. must have had lots of opportunities to, <laughs> to study him and, and pick up his, his mannerisms and his maybe expressions and uh yeah so good choice for young Scrooge. yeah <laughs> yeah but again here we're having uh you know young uh scrooge uh with alice and telling her will you love me no matter whether i'm rich or poor like he wants to you know be he wants to be a person of means but he he wants to make sure that she you know she loves him no matter what happens Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that kind of a you know I don't know reference to the what happened in the future. Yeah, the the future of the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, our time our time frames are all like getting crazy now. <laughs> like uh, what was that subtitle? Days of Future Past or whatever for that that X Men. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and, and again, a lot is added to the story of Scrooge's rise in business that wasn't in the book, but I think really builds well on what was in the book and yeah. and, um, and holds together very well. Um, Mr. Jorkin, who sort of uh, tempts Scrooge onto the, you know, onto the path of corruption, this is not a character that was in the book, mm-hmm. but there was a Mr. Jorkins in David Copperfield, so oh. uh, I think author, and, and there are a couple other places too, where I think the screenwriter borrowed uh, from other Dickens books, so he, I guess he's maybe showing off a little bit of his, yeah. of his <laughs> and, um, it, It's it, In David Copperfield, Mr. Jorkins was a, guy, a businessman who his partner would always say his partner basically blamed everything on him and oh I can't do this Mr. Jorkins wouldn't allow it I can't do that so he was basically the boogeyman in oh. in the in the Copperfield so it's it's kind of um kind of a cute little uh, gesture there to to uh, bring this guy in here and and give him that name but um actually in David Copperfield he was actually um not a boogeyman he was just being used as a boogeyman right. because because uh his partner wanted somebody to blame so anyway that's just me <laughs> rattling on a bit but i i thought it was i thought it was an interesting bit of background um 
for this character here. And um, so he is, the, the contrast here is uh, Mr. Jorkin wanting to get ahead in the world and um, Mr. Fezziwig being a tra traditionalist. And so, I mean, on the face of it, it doesn't look like either of them is really on the wrong road. But when you, you take into consideration um, like the industrialization that went on in the 1800s and like what progress did to a lot of poor people. Right. Like, um, Which we could relate to today. Right. So Scrooge basically sets up this conflict as, you know, you can either go with the world and, you know, get on top or you can get crushed and I'm not going to get crushed. I'm going to be part of this world and, and progress and, you know, be hard driving. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's very, uh, it fits the historical period. And as you say, it, it's a perennially relevant, um, conflict. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, uh, there's, there's that question, uh, I, the, I watched a show called the prophet where this, uh, multi, I guess billionaire, he seems to be a billionaire, goes to small businesses that are failing, that he has a sense that they could actually succeed and he helps them build back up. And so he, he actually puts his own money into the business and like mm -hmm. kind of absorbs them. But mm -hmm. the, you know, the, those people still run their, that business, but he takes part ownership of it. And he says one time that a lot of people believe that the employer, the, the customer is always right. I believe that the employee is always right. That if your if you treat your employer if you if you treat your employees well and you teach and you pay them well and you show them respect that they will see their your business as theirs also and they will work to help you build up this business and I feel that like you know places like Chick Fil A or In and Out kind of have that philosophy where okay. if you treat your employees well then they have an uh, you know, a vested interest in helping the business grow. And mm -hmm. yeah, it just seems like, uh, you know, they're not, they're never going to be McDonald's, but they're always going to have a good product. They're always going to have good, happy employees. And, um, you know, I, I don't know which is better in this, yeah. in this sense. And here, I'm sorry, I'm talking over the fact that Scrooge actually, you know, was present when, as his sister was passing away. Yeah, and uh, he's he's being it's being brought home to him that uh, his sister wanted him to look after her son, and he really has not done that. And, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and again, uh, how terrifying must this be to having to, having to witness your the shames of your past? It's mm -hmm. you know the the saddest moments in your life and the most shameful moments of your life. Yeah. Dickens actually had a sister named Fanny who uh, died young and left a son. Uh, and the son was said to be the model for Tiny Tim in some respects. So mm. there's there's lots of like family history mixed in here in, in various ways for him. Mm. Now, um, to what you were saying, um, as as we're going to see, uh, Scrooge and Marley have their own version of um, employees <laughs> seeing the business as theirs. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. going to they're going to do it their way. <laughs> so here we have uh, what's this guy? What's this the fellow's name that uh, that stole them? Stole these guys away? 
Jorkin. Jorkin. Yeah, yeah. He, he basically took Scrooge away from Fezziwig, you know, uh, offering him more money and offering him more opportunity to uh, get rich. And Fezziwig seems to have been very nice about it. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so, uh, it seems it's like Scrooge needed that, uh, that good influence in his life. And, mm-hmm. um, like you said, he, he lost Fanny and yeah. her influence, or he lost Fanny and her influence. And now he's, he's, uh, left Mr. Fezziwig and his influence. And, um, so one way or another, he, he's without guidance. Yeah. And, uh, he's falling further and further away from that. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, yeah, the scene where he and Marley first meet on his first day mm-hmm. of work at the, you know, his new, you know, uh, his new employer. And mm-hmm. uh, his old employer, Fezziwig, you know, lost his business. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, so so Scrooge is just sort of, well, that's too bad, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, um. I really think um, again. Shout out to to the actor here, young Scrooge, George Cole. He, he's doing a really good job as he goes along. I think just sort of getting harder and colder, and um, and just showing the moral degeneration. Yeah, yet still having empathy. Yeah, he he's got a little bit of that in there, but he's not listening to that voice. He's he's uh, it's like gotta gotta be on top or perish. And I I yeah I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. And so in, in the next scene, it, he, he gets explicit about that when he's he's talking to um, Alice. Yeah. And, um, and basically he cares. And, and, and she's I'm, I'm anticipating a little bit. Basically, sure. she um, she puts her finger on it when she says you fear the world too much. And um, and, and he does. He, he's he's become. Which is funny when you think that he ends up a loner and a miser, but because he has been, he he started out that way as being obsessed with the world and its opinion and its ways and needing to do what it does. So that's an interesting trajectory when you think about it. Yeah. He degenerated back into the thing he feared the most or the thing he Mm -hmm. hated the most. And yeah, yeah, this conversation where uh, he's explaining to Alice you know, I, it's not, I'm not the bad guy. The world is this way and I'm just playing along. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially don't hate the player, hate the game. But, right. <laughs> but this reminds me of the Wolf of Wall Street. Cause that's mm-hmm. what uh, Jordan Gecko uh, is that. I don't even remember, but uh, that's what uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character was saying. He was saying, look, uh, this is, I'm just taking advantage of a system that's made to be taken advantage of. And uh, yes, I'm screwing over people, but their money belongs in my pocket more because I know how to spend it better. If you're dumb enough to buy these dumb stocks, these uh, these bad stocks, then that's your fault. I know not to do that, so I deserve it more. And nice. yeah, and yeah, that that, that movie is kind of a lot of taking any responsibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's essentially what what you know Scrooge is kind of saying. He's saying, look, I. I, you're either going to be taken advantage of, or you're going to take advantage. There's no, there's no other option. Yeah, and so there's no place left in his philosophy, in his mindset, for a person like Alice who just 
lives her life and is who she is and does not have those priorities or yeah. those concerns. So um, she she's right to say, you don't love me anymore, even though he he was late to recognizing it himself. She she felt it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and she, you know, she, to credit, she still loved him. Mm-hmm. She was just, you know, could not go in that direction with him. Yeah. Could not participate. So, and yeah, and that, that's, yeah, that's heartbreaking that, you know, he, that he would allow that kind of to take over. Yeah. Now here we get back to um, Alistair Sim now as, as uh, Scrooge yeah. in this in this scene. And I, I think, I, I mean, that this is this whole, all this transition is, is very nicely done. I think, yeah. I mean, you can, you can see how, okay. Scrooge isn't old Scrooge yet. He's sort of middle-aged Scrooge, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's all sort of happened pretty seamlessly, relatively mm-hmm. seamless. Like, you know, and, exactly who he is. It doesn't, uh, you know, you're not confused as to who's who. Yeah. And, and Jorkin is, uh, he kind of strikes me. I, I mean, he, he's, He's the rascal who, I mean, he realizes, you know, the jig is up, but he's not, you know, he's not penitent. He's kind of like, yeah, I got caught. That's how it goes. Yeah, I was extorting money (laughs) from people or I was uh, embezzling funds. And and then essentially, I don't know, again, maybe uh, compared to today might be similar. Like, uh, well, so if you punish me, then all of you guys lose all your money. So mm-hmm. the whole system falls apart if I go to jail. So mm-hmm. either you forget about it and you take the deal that uh, Marley and Scrooge have for you or everyone loses. And yeah. essentially yeah. saying, I'm too big to fail. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's sort of admiring of, of Scrooge and Marley here, I think. He, he's sort of like, okay, look at what they did. Yeah, we all got took, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, it, you know, he's got respect for... Um, uh, a job well done, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like the students have surpassed the master and he <laughs> he admires them for it. Yeah. And so all of this uh, brings me back to uh, um, It's a Wonderful Life, the uh, Mr. Potter character. What mm-hmm. could have happened to him to make him the way he is? Because you see, he's uh, you know he's a really bitter, angry person. He's in a wheelchair, and um, I don't know. He almost uh, admires the I don't know uh, the strength and the you know of um, God of uh, George. Yeah, um, he's George's father says something that I think is spot on. He says that Mr. Potter wants what he can't have. I yeah. mean, he's he's a really rich guy. He's always been able to get everything he wanted, but he can't have the building in loan. So, of course, he's obsessed with it because it's the thing he can't have. Yeah, it's the thing and he can't so, conquer, though, you know. Yeah, so so it's like it's like um, the pebble in his shoe, so to speak. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I, I think, uh, and he, he, he would like to be the guy who looks down on the Baileys and laughs at them. He tries to do that, but at the same time, he's frustrated by them because he can't have what they won't give him. Mm-hmm. 
deep down, I think it's a case of like resenting their integrity. Yeah. And their, yeah, because that is something he doesn't have and they do. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I wonder if, uh, if uh, Potter was visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, what we would see. That would make a heck of a story. I, I would read that fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, I mean, you know that the Ghost of Christmas Present would take him to see the Bailey family, and he would just hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really horrifying when we get to the point where um, Scrooge doesn't even want to go see Marley when he's dying because yeah. it's business. I mean, but when you get there, it's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like okay we saw we saw that downhill spiral we saw him falling away from everything good and yet that is just like whoa I, like yeah it was almost like his only friend yeah he, he's very he gets this very cavalier attitude about death well everybody dies okay well you know <laughs> what 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 good am i gonna do there so yeah it, it's it's at this point it's like how much lower can a man go hmm So yeah, so he refuses to leave early, leave work early, and uh, eventually he does, simply to, I don't know, to uh, satisfy a dying man's request. <laughs> There's a wonderful little effect I'm just noticing. With the Scrooge on his glass door, it looks like there's there's a line through it that makes it look like a dollar sign. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, now, this was a... This movie was made in England, so I don't suppose that was planned, but I, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it just, actually turns it's one out. Of those accidental little things, I guess it just sort of works. <laughs> and we have the traditional uh, Scrooge and Cratchit conversation about oh, yeah. taking Christmas off, however inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm always a, a, just a touch surprised. That he actually gives him Christmas off. Um, yeah, he always seems to. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why does he? I, 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 it's it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, when he when he obviously hates it so much, <laughs> but he does. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just that another. It gives him another thing to gripe about, and he likes that. <laughs> maybe that's all it is. <laughs> They, 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 both Marley and Scrooge own the scariest mansions in town. <laughs> I guess all mansions were kind of spooky back then. You know, I think this is actually the same house because oh. um, the ghost past says something somewhere about you took Marley's house after he died, and so yeah, I think that I think it's actually the same house with the same that same st imposing staircase. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Cuz I yeah, the rec the stairs look exactly the same, so just from uh, a different so, angle. And it's a very Scrooge-like thing to do. Oh, well, he's dead. I'll take his house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> house mine, why not? <laughs> and I can get it cheap. <laughs> That little bit when suddenly his Marley is looking at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes down to see if he's still breathing and it wakes him up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's like talking. Yeah, Scrooge is just talking to this dying man, like so matter of factly. Hey, you're doing all right? Getting everything you need? 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just he he can't. Uh, this like you said earlier about Marley's ghost, the whole spiritual thing does not resonate with him. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 Marley deathbed thing is interesting. Um, I don't know. Again, I'm fuzzy on like the different films I've seen over the years. I don't know if there are any others where um, where we actually see Marley die and where Marley has regret at the last minute like this. I, I don't know if that that was just for this film. Yeah, because I think yeah, because that's what I keep. I that's why when I watch this, I'm like, did I have I been missing something this whole time? Because mm-hmm. I only read the book once. Uh, and I, again, I really enjoyed it, so I probably should reread it and uh, it gets like, you know, overshadowed by all the different versions that I've seen. Yeah. There've been so many versions. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. It almost seems to suggest that either he just has a change of heart on his own somehow, or if something happened where he was visited by some ghosts, since we now know that ghosts do visit you on, you know, towards the end. Yeah. a good suggestion it 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 would be yeah it's an intriguing thought yeah i just uh just a general observation i just i love the hair the costumes the yeah face that they um a lot of these old movies and i think a lot of British old movies in particular, you you just have a you have a lot of wonderful and distinctive character actors who, who yeah. are may have small parts but are very good at what they do and and very good at like making an impression <laughs> in the few minutes. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that 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 fella that was uh, the first people Scrooge ran into when he you yes. know mm-hmm. he was in from uh, Doctor Strange Love. He has such a distinct face. And voice, and he's just, yeah, like I, I've seen him pop up here and there, and I'm just such a fan of his acting. Yeah. And of course, in this time period, you get to have a lot of fun with the hair, the clothes, yeah, um, kinds of things, <laughs> the furniture too. Yeah. Yeah, he's got pillars for uh, bedposts. <laughs> no, you gotta love it. <laughs> So if he took over Marley's house and furniture, I wonder if this was the bed that Marley died in. Oh, that would be creepy. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't take a a good look at the bed when Marley was in it, but that's. I I wonder if it's if it is the same. That that would sort of be um, meaningful, (laughs) (laughs) especially with all this uh, ghost visiting and stuff going on. Yeah. and speaking of wonderful faces, Alistair Sim has the most wonderful face with those yeah. great big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just such a hoot. Well, and um, honestly, he has this angry, wretched face, you know, when he's angry. But then at the end, with his joy and happiness, it's yeah. it's just both of them. You could he see him as this happy old man or this angry, you know, crotchety old fellow, and yeah, I mean, he can do both like- well. It's the face that can do anything. <laughs> yeah. You can play both characters really well. Yeah. And here you have the co- the ghost of Christmas present as played yeah. by Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Young Santa Claus. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's... But yeah, it, it, it looks... Yeah. I th- And I've seen and... this played uh, like very similarly. I think that is... 
like a Santa Claus type figure is always, uh, right. you know, the ghost yeah, of Christmas we, present. We, we talked about how the description of the, the, the ghost of Christmas past is interesting and in that it can look sort of any one of a dozen ways. Whereas the ghost of Christmas present is, has a very, um, very, very specific description and, uh, they usually go with it very closely. So, um, yeah, there, there's an interesting difference there. Yeah. This one, um, I think, doesn't smile as much as some of the other Ghost of Christmas presents that yeah. I've seen. But he, he does he does have that laugh at the beginning, but I thought that was a little bit of a creepy laugh, actually. <laughs> if you're a Scrooge and this laughter is going on in the next room, it's going to be creepy. So. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that that's an interesting thing that he said is that... Um, he says, I'm too old to change. And I've, yes. I've heard that yes. said before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, that's really an emphasis in this adaptation. Yeah. yeah. And because uh, I, I, I just recently rewatched uh, the documentary on Lemmy Von Kilmeister, the, the lead singer of Motorhead. And uh, they were interviewing the wrestler Triple H, who they, they were friends. And when he hurt his back and he didn't think he could fight anymore, he asked Lemmy, because Lemmy had diabetes, like, what are we going to do now? He's like, well, we're too old to find Jesus, so we might as well just keep doing what we're doing. And it's just a really sad kind of state of state to be in. That's so sad. That you're too old and, to change. It's Yeah. And and um, picking up on that, it, it they, they have started now to bring... Um, to actually bring Christ into Christmas in this in this part of the film. Yeah, yeah. Because the the ghost of Christmas present specifically represents uh the birth in the or, or or references the birth in the manger and um and sort of hints that you know he is at the heart of all of this. And so um it's it's interesting that we have so many Christmas stories and Christmas movies now and uh, a Christmas carol in some ways was the forerunner of them all mm-hmm. in that it's a Christmas story that not like really, it is not the, the Christmas story. It's not the nativity. Right. It, it's just, uh, and yet um, it has these references to the Christ child, which not all of the Christmas movies and Christmas stories do. So, so it, it has, it, it, it's got that very sort of, it, it, it's not a strong emphasis, but it's in there. Yeah. And like uh, you know, he uh, the first place he takes uh, the ghost of Christmas present takes him to is to a minor town, a miners mm-hmm. town. You know, not like with children, but with a bunch of miners, and they're singing and they're happy on Christmas. They're mm-hmm. having this great time, even though we would cons- we would think that they're you know they're poor and they have not they don't have much. Mm-hmm. But it you know, and I just think that it's kind of the, the sweet little thing that these people that you've never heard of and have nothing to do with you. Even they have, you know, this joyous kind of celebration. They they can find something to be happy about. Yeah, and it's a nice example of what what we talked about earlier—that sort of blend of the brightness against against the darkness. Yeah. Um, with with um, so many hardships, still finding goodness. Mm-hmm. And this something. is this this part is and that 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 including this uh, where now. They're witnessing um, um, Bob, uh, Cratchit's house, uh, Bob Cratchit's home with his family. Um, 
that the the kind of existentialism that he's uh, realizing of for himself, the existential realization, I'm going to call it, that yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge has a ton of money. He has mm-hmm. beautiful homes. He has a successful business. Bob Cratchit has none of that. You know, he's barely getting by, but he seems much more happy and much more, you know, filled with hap- with joy because he has, you know, a family and friends and, you know, people around him on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Scrooge's um, sympathy with Tiny Tim is, is, is interesting. I mean, it, it's the last thing you would expect from Scrooge, and yet it, it's this instant feeling it's a strong feeling and it's like he he can't wait to 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 know if this child is going to live he can't bear the thought that he might not live yeah again uh, he's not this monster he still has a heart as little as much as we see him being so cruel to other people Mm -hmm. yeah and one of my favorite parts of of the whole thing i think is when um, the Ghost of Christmas Present uh, quotes Scrooge's words back to him oh, when, when yeah. he said about decreasing the surplus population. Yeah, um, it, it's like, and all of a sudden he sees that population exemplified in this little child, and it's like this great wake-up moment. Um, you know, I know I'm not going to say this right, but Thomas Malthus. Or Malthus, I, I don't know how you say his name. The the, the Mal- Malthusian philosophy, mm-hmm. basically, oh. uh, was where all that surplus population stuff came from. Huh. Uh, you know, um, and uh, overpopulation, and and, um, and and Dickens was very against that idea. You know, it, it's he he's basically having the ghost of Christmas present say. It's a horrible thing to talk about the surplus population without knowing who they are, without caring who they are, without having any concern or compassion for them. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he was specifically trying to strike a blow against that sort of thinking. Yeah. I mean, because that's, that's essentially uh, what the problem is with a lot of people today, is we talk about groups as this amorphous faceless kind of mob but if Mm -hmm. you actually get to know a person whether you know i don't know if you uh people in the gay community or christians or republicans or democrats if you get immigrants right yeah refugees anybody if you actually get like and see their faces and witness their experience it, it changes how you feel about them you know whoever your them is uh, yeah, if you're willing to like really listen to them and and um, hear what their experiences are and um, and you know being being will be willing to look through their eyes for a little while. Yeah, and so yeah, and again, there was this moment when uh, <laughs> uh, Mar- Bob Marley uh, t- gives a toast to Ebenezer Scrooge. And his family is very upset that he is doing that, but he, they still have a heart for him. He, uh, or at least uh, Bob has. At least Fred. Who? Oh no, no, he, here also, no. yeah. Yeah. But no, no, Bob, uh, Bob Cratchit also. Oh, Bob Cratchit! 
I'm sorry, I, I was thinking you were talking about nephew Fred. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That that's true. Bob Cratchit and Fred both uh, do a toast to him, and everybody else is like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's like, it, it, it that is that is interesting that that uh, you know there are still people who have a little, who, who are willing to um, you know be friends with him if he would ever be willing. Yeah, and again, that there's that uh, that that gospel message there that uh, Christ doesn't hate anybody. There's nobody beyond Christ's love, and therefore we can't hate anybody. Like it's easy for us to look at you know if you're a liberal to say that oh no we love immigrants and the poor and you know the homeless and you know the gay community, but you know Nazis, no way, they're evil and we should never talk to them. And you know I'm not saying you know let yourself get yelled at by yelled at by them. But that if you're a Christian, that love has to extend to everybody. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not easy, but it is it is life altering. Yeah. Um, now, there, there's a, sig a significant change in um, in the in the book and in most adap well, in some adaptations, I guess. Um, Scrooge's old girlfriend now has her own family and you see her with them. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in this movie, you see her taking care of poor people, which is an interesting change. And, um, and I'm not sure why they made it, but it works, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works very nicely. Well, cause it's that same thing that, uh, she, uh, she's quite happy here at this, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. at the, this homeless yeah. shelter, I suppose it, it is that it's Christmas yeah. Eve and, and she's, she's here. And and the, and, she, and the old woman, <clears throat> excuse me, says that she's given her the happiest Christmas ever. So in a way, she sort of was continuing the work that Fezziwig did. Remember when he gave a Christmas party and and Scrooge said he gave people so much happiness just by giving uh, of himself. And and so in her, in a different way, Alice is doing the same thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it, it's all sort of all of a piece. Yeah, this uh, and this is the moment when uh, the ghost of Christmas present uh, actually presents, um, you know, Scrooge with the essentially the embodiment of uh, ignorance and want. These children who represent. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's very well done. I mean, that they um, they they look absolutely destitute. I love <clears throat> I love how. Um, Scrooge just sort of runs into the hand. Yeah, <laughs> this hand pops up. Yeah. And uh, I've never seen it done quite that way in any <laughs> other version, and it's it's great. Yeah, and I, I do love, instead of the Ghost of Christmas Future, which is what he's called sometimes, the Ghost of mm -hmm. Christmas Yet to Come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, too. It's more, um, I don't know, it's more formal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I like during the conversation where um, we don't see uh, all of it is one-sided. All we see of the ghost is this hand. Scrooge asks the questions. He's obviously seeing something in the ghost's face that he's responding to, mm -hmm. but we don't see the ghost's face. All we yeah. see, or, or in his appearance, all we see is the hand. Yeah, and again, not just a point. It's that weird, say, you know, devil horn, you know, kind of <laughs> point. 
that it's just uh, it's beautifully, you know, even just hand acting, <laughs> beautiful hand acting, <laughs> nice hand casting. <laughs> yes, yes, very yes. <laughs> and now we see the future, and you know, he's seeing the Cratchit family after the the death of uh, Tiny Tim. Mm-hmm. The exact thing that that uh, Scrooge was afraid of. Yeah. And um, it's um, it's such a change, you know. He was so cavalier about Marley's death and about death in general, and now this the death of this little child that he's only just seen for the first time mm-hmm. is affecting him enormously. And so, um, so maybe he's not too old to change after all. <laughs> yeah. And again, more more of this uh, this Christian message. It's uh, you know. One of uh, Bob Cratchit's children reading the Bible to his family, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I don't know. It's kind of hard to get comfort from anything at a time like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But yeah, um, yeah. Again, uh, this whole idea of uh, this terrifying notion of having to bear witness to everything you're responsible for, and mm. again, it seems like you know it's a black and white movie. It's kind of corny. It's, uh, but honestly, the the idea is so chilling and terrifying that uh, you just you know if you you just have to take it like seriously. You have to really consider it. Instead mm-hmm. of just, uh, you know, and again, this goes back to the whole black and white versus colored movies that a lot of people don't mm-hmm. take colored films seriously because they think it's, you know, cheesy or whatever, or the acting's different. But the the ideas are still the same. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and when you get into them, you really, it, it, you really start to develop an appreciation mm-hmm. of just, you know, what, what they were and what they did. Um, I was thinking that Mrs. Cratchit looked familiar, and so I, I MDB'd her just now while we were sure. while we were watching this. Um, she was in Mary Poppins as the maid. Oh yeah, that's where I've seen her before. I, and she's been <laughs> in other things too, but that's that's the number one thing I think that would be familiar to everybody. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I think I, I'm glad that the, the black and white films are so available to us today through different avenues, um, yeah. Netflix and, 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 uh, e- even YouTube and, and just various, various ways, um, you know, criterion collection and all that, some of them, because, you know, once, once people give them a chance and start getting into them, I mean, I, I, you see them really develop an appreciation and a love for them. And, um, it's it, it, it's a whole world. It, it's it's a great. I, I love classic film. I love watching it with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a. I I think you've. I, I think we've talked about this before. I, I get on Twitter and I talk to. I, I use the TCM party hashtag, <laughs> which is just classic movies, and we have a blast. Yeah. Um, just talking about 
whatever's airing on TCM or just classic films in general. Um, it, it's a whole world, and it is so much fun once you once you take that dive. Yeah. Uh, here, here's where I wanted to get into uh, the existential dread uh, part of this. Mm-hmm. This idea that uh, these people uh, now we're at like um, I I don't know a pawn shop of some sort, a place mm-hmm. that buys old clothes. Uh, after Scrooge dies, he has nobody, and so his maids or just random people around town kind of ransack his home and bring his valuables to sell. Mm-hmm. And the, just this idea that uh, I, I like it just uh, because. I've been really trying to dig into um, the uh, Ecclesiastes. Uh, the Book of Ecclesiastes is my favorite, uh, my favorite book in the Bible, and mm-hmm. I came to it because I was reading Albert Camus at a. I took a class, uh, philosophy class uh, of um, you know philosophy one hundred and one, and I read some Camus, and it really blew my mind. I really took to it yes. as much as other people thought that it was depressing for me it was like oh this weight off my shoulders that life is meaningless there's no point therefore anything can be the meaning of life and then when i started reading the bible the first book i read was ecclesiastes and it was the exact same message that is quite a juxtaposition (laughs) yeah but it's this idea that you know uh, scrooge has been working his whole life to accumulate this money and bob cratchit has very little money but on the day that you die, you're both as rich as the other. You don't get to take it with you. You, you know, no matter how, that's what uh, Solomon was, uh, was writing about. He's saying that he has all this empire. He's read all these books. But at the end of the day, nothing matters because you don't get to take it with you. And in essence, what Scrooge is discovering is that, uh, Marley, or no, not Marley, uh, Bob Cratchit has much more than than he does mm-hmm. because he has a family and he has memories. He has experiences with people. And that's, you know, it's just something that uh, I think um, Dan Harmon, the creator of Community and Rick and Morty, he did this little video vignette where he's talking about the meaning of life. And he's saying that the more you, you know, you know, the more you pull away, like let's say you take a picture of the earth and you pull away and you realize how small it is in the universe compared to how tiny we are to the planet, we seem insignificant and nothing seems like it, it matters. But if you focus in on a person, then you realize that, well, if nothing matters, then essentially what I just said, everything matters. You know, you get to participate in this illusion that I love my wife. I love my family. I love my dog. You know, because once you pass that terrifying threshold of there's no point to anything, then everything is the point. You know, the meaning of life is anything. And I, you know, I don't know if I'm making sense or if I'm just rambling. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's this idea that, you know, that that dinner that uh, that Bob... Cratchit was having, that's the meaning of life. That's the center of the universe for him. The most important people on the planet are at that table at that moment because nothing else matters. You know, so then those experiences are what matters. And here, after his death, Scrooge has nothing. He has very little. He has absolutely nothing to show for his life 
as much as he accumulated wealth, it not, none of it matters because it's all going going away. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I, this just jumped out at me as I was watching this. Yeah, um, there's a, a line in the book that that I really love. Um, and again, I'm anticipating a little because we're not at, quite at this part yet. But when when uh, Scrooge, you know, goes into a room and sees a body lying there alone, <laughs> which we know is his his own, mm-hmm. and um, it says something like, "There was there was no one to say." He was kind to me once, and for the sake of one kind word, I will be kind to him. You know, nobody yeah. to go to the funeral, nobody to tend the body, nothing. And it's not even about having a family. It's just about having someone who cared that you were alive. I mean, he he didn't even have that. <laughs> he yeah. didn't even have a person that, that he was nice to one time, and it was like, oh, okay, I will, I'll, uh, I'll put on like a black armband, whatever they did in those days, <laughs> and. Um, you know, visit the grave and leave a flower or something. He didn't even have that. I yeah. mean, you don't have even that. <laughs> you well, are really far gone. But that, that, and that's the, that's both sides, right? Uh, Bob uh, Cratchit mm-hmm. has his family. Uh, Scrooge's nephew has his friends. And he, mm-hmm. they're, they're both celebrating on Christmas, and they have all these memories, all these experiences, and, you know, Scrooge they has none of it. Life. Yeah. And so, yeah, this must be, yeah, again, this is a terrifying realization when you really think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so they don't actually show, I guess they don't actually show the body in this one. They just show the grave. Yeah. I, again, I'm getting my adaptations mixed up. But but uh, some adaptations do show the scene in the bedroom where there's the body, and then they, they come to the grave. But either way, you end up at the grave, and, and so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again... Yeah, remembering the uh, you know the the Mickey Christmas Carol version. It's, I was just thinking about <laughs> <laughs> where they take it even further, and fire starts you know pouring out of the the grave, and yeah. he gets pushed into it, and you yeah. know that terrifying moment. <laughs> yeah, that that was quite something for a, for a movie for little children. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but, um, what's interesting though is I don't think that version. I mean that version. Of course, it's simplified, but sure. the it sort of show it shows that like all Scrooge is scared of is like ending up dead. But everybody ends up dead. But the 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 other movies show you that what he's scared of is ending up dead with nobody having cared about him, nobody having loved him, yeah, not having lived a good life. So so that's the, <laughs> that's what he's really scared of. But yeah, <laughs> that that, uh, that Mickey version is really terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, I was kind of a a squeamish and timid kid, so I'm surprised I made it through that one so many times. I guess because it was so quick. Well, I mean, yeah, those old Christmas movies were terrifying. Uh, In Dumbo, that pink elephant scene was horrifying. I thought it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) It scared the heck out of me. Now, this is where Alistair Sim really gets to go bananas. And honestly, I, I sometimes think that this, this part is why so many people love this adaptation so much, or it's a major part of the reason, because this is where Sim just gets crazy and Scrooge gets crazy yeah. and does it so well. <laughs> and, and so um, that, that is a major bonus of this adaptation. Um, <laughs> incidentally, j- just a, just like a brief uh, commercial here. Um, my favorite role of Alistair Sim 
is Alfred Hitchcock's Stage Fright. Um, it's it's considered a, a minor Hitchcock, but it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And Sim has it, Sim plays an old uh, smuggler, or sort of a smuggler, semi-smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> he smuggles in a small way, but he's he's this old guy with, in a sweater with an accordion, and he is just fantastic. And you oh. have to see movie sometimes so there's my little ad for <laughs> alistair sims best role but this one is also great and um he's just he's just getting all goofy here and it's adorable <laughs> well yeah but like i was saying before he's literally two different characters mm-hmm. you know he like his uh, happy yep. scrooge <laughs> yeah <laughs> happy happy scrooge and angry scrooge are oh geez yeah he's really going nuts but they're two different characters from two different movies, which shows you what an amazing range. But you could tell that he's the same person. You know, the range of Alistair Sim here. It's, he it's can play remarkable. both very well. Yeah. And he, he's uh, scaring the daylights out of me. <laughs> <laughs> His maid, who's only seen one side of him, is now like wondering what's happened to him and <laughs> she's truly scared of what's what's going on and thinking seriously of uh calling somebody for help i think <laughs> <laughs> he's just so happy and, and and he's and there's this humility yeah. about him he's it, it, like you know I never knew anything, and now I know that I never knew anything, and I'm just so happy about it all. And, <laughs> and, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Sim is all in, and you just got to love him. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's that um, that notion that, uh, you know, what do we really know and what really matters? Is it all this money, this house, does it really matter at the end of the day if he has nothing to show for it as far as people who care about you and which again is is a real if you think about it it's a real something real to to wonder about to to uh to philosophize about i mean people have been philosophizing about that for millennia Mm -hmm. you know we this seems such a silly little because it's been done so many times this movie Mm -hmm. it's actually something that people debate about and wonder about, like, what does it mean and what, what matters? And yeah, it's, it's, um, Dickens had actually thought of writing a pamphlet or a tract or something about, uh, poor children and, and, um, Malthusian philosophy and, and all these, all these horrible things that were going on. And yet instead he ended up writing this story and mm. as, as, as critics have, mentioned you know if he had written a, a tract or a pamphlet probably everybody would have read it and forgotten it mm-hmm. but this story is immortal i mean yeah. he had it for story writing he put it all into this story and the lessons came across much more clearly than if he had written the pamphlet so uh <laughs> let us be glad grateful that he wrote the story instead yeah i mean without scrooge running around and and being goofy i mean <laughs> how how well would the lesson take and would people still be debating about it like you said (laughs) and always yeah this is in every single version and i always love it every time 
that you, yes. you there, boy. <laughs> and, you know, other times it's like, what day is it today? And uh, why today? Why it's Christmas Day. Yes. But in this version, it's just him, you know, telling a child to buy, a, a, what is it, a Christmas goose? A goose or a turkey or something yeah. for for the Cratchits, yeah, and and uh, it's just it's just a simple little scene, but like you say, <laughs> it's just it's always there, and it's it's so cool. <laughs> it's always delightful, yeah. <laughs> and he goes he goes um, from having been this total loner to being intensely interested in people, all the people around him. Yeah. And, that that's a very Dickensian thing because yeah. um, that I mean that that that's it, it in Dickens if you are really interested in people and you 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 love people and you see uh, I mean you're observant of people that's a pretty good sign that you're a good person <laughs> yeah and again I mean, uh, he, uh, he was intensely interested in all kinds of characters yeah but again and actually experiencing a person's life will get you to understand who and they're holding the turkey like a like it's a child. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you like four of them to, to hold it. <laughs> yeah. But again, just this idea that if you actually see life through other people's eyes, it it matters a lot more than yeah. this amorphous, you know, faceless mob of people, you know, that you that yeah. you'd rather not experience, you'd rather not get to know because you only see one version of them. Now, I have a little story to tell here, um, and I, I mentioned to this to you earlier. Um, the maid here, mm -hmm. I actually got to interview her over the phone. Oh. Um, it, I told you I have a, a Dickens blog, and um, in the course of you know blogging and researching and stuff, I found out that people were very interested in, in this maid, and very she only has a, a moment of screen time, and yet she's very sweet, very appealing, and very encouraging to, Scoo to Scrooge when he's afraid to go in. She watches him. He He's scared. He turns around, and she just gives him that sweet little nod. Yeah. And he goes, and people, fans of this movie, just love her. I, they remember <laughs> her. They talk about her. But nobody knew who she was. She wasn't credited. So um, I blogged about this, and her, I think it was her son-in-law's brother or somebody, contacted me and said, I know who she is. Her name, her name, her maiden name was Teresa Darrington, and she's still with us. And oh. I can put her. And I interviewed her, and and it was just so cool. And so I, I put the interview up on my blog. I can send you a link to it if you want it. Yes, I'd love it for and, the show notes. And um, I got such a response to this interview. People were just that they were they were so excited to hear she she did very little acting she acted for a few years in bit parts uh she got married and retired to raise a family and become an art teacher and um and so but but she was absolutely knocked over by the fact that so many people remember her and love her and that, that just i love that because it's just this one little moment that she did on film had such an influence and an impact because people just find her very encouraging and very sweet. And at, the, and at this moment in the film where he's changed so much and yet he still needs just one more little nudge to help him along, like a little bit of guidance, like we were saying before, uh -huh. she's there. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I will send you that link and uh, you can put it in the show notes. It, it's, it's a fun read. Well, yeah. Actually, Go ahead. Yeah. She actually said that, um, 
Well, she was only on set, I think, for one or two days. And um, she said, <laughs> you, know, you know, you always find out these behind the scene things. She actually thought uh, Alistair Sim was a bit, uh, came off a bit snobbish. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that uh, everybody can have an off day. And maybe he was having one. <laughs> so, sure. so I don't think it ruins the enjoyment of the film or, or anything like that to, to hear to hear her impression. It's just, you know, one of those behind the scenes things. But but what, what matters is that uh, she gave that lovely little moment long performance that has lasted. Well, yeah, because we have that I, the the whole thing where everybody's surprised and shocked that he's changed, and she's mm-hmm. very welcoming. You know, mm-hmm. she's not like freaked out because she's a maid, and you know the help is generally going to be scared of the you know those above them in class. But she's really kind of like, yeah, I, I could totally see that because she's really, like you said, encouraging and supportive, and totally welcoming to him. Mm-hmm. And letting him know, no, you're welcome. Don't, you know, don't think that you're going, you know, again, because he's scared. He doesn't know how the reaction that people are going to have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. That that little moment, that little human connection that you, that that he has with her, it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, it's, it's really sweet. Yeah. And that again, that be, that nice sweet face of her just smiling and nodding at him. It's. And and for a man who had shut him off from from himself off from human connection, I mean, it's just it it, it makes it the perfect moment yeah. <laughs> that that he, he's he's opened himself up to the world again, and somebody is there to meet him as, when he does. <laughs> and here uh, Scrooge is going all giggly again, and it's really cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in several different versions, uh, it has him like you know being his crotchety old self, just a fool. You know, <laughs> Cratchit as he comes in, you know, and then again confesses that, yeah, he's changed. He wants to, uh, you know, again, and again, the, the whole idea that, that earlier he would, wouldn't pay a little extra for, for, for another piece of bread. But now he's just, you know, handing money out to people. I know. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Which again, a, a completely different reaction. Being terrified of death and that causing you to change. He actually has joy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and and um, you know, you you could debate for days, like like you were saying about like the implications, the motivations, like the the logic of it. Like why why would a visit to the past, the present, and the future cause you to change your ways like that? But on some deep um, primal level, it just works. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just works because it, it puts him in touch again with life, with humanity, with the world, not the world as he used to see it that will roll right over you if you if you don't, you know, get on top first. But the whole world, the world of, of people um, with good and bad and everything in them. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the end. Tiny Tim here running to him. That is just—I think—that's just the sweetest way to end yeah, it. Yeah, and I think this is the cover of the DVD. Him carrying Tiny Tim, you know, uh-huh. with that joy—you know—that happy little giggle of his. But yeah, that's the end of uh, Scrooge or a Christmas Carol. Or a Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that is always such fun to watch. Yeah. 
again, no matter what version, it always uh, that that idea comes through. But again, I love this version so much because mm-hmm. I guess yeah, I, I, I that that terrifying notion that the uh, his city is full of ghosts who are mm. suffering, you know, who have to watch people suffer and that torments them. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, and again, just that the, the juxtaposition of Alistair Sims at the beginning towards uh, versus the end. It's yeah, it's such a beautiful movie and yeah, yeah, just a beautiful story in general. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else you wanted to say about this movie? Um, any last thoughts or thoughts on Dickens? Yeah, well, this this may sound funny, but actually, my I, I said this is my favorite version. My second favorite version is the Muppet one. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, that may sound uh, I don't know frivolous, but no, it's actually I mean it's an incredibly well done version. It yeah. actually follows the story closely. It it it, it incorporates a lot of uh, Dickens. They they managed to get a, a lot of the narration in there mm-hmm. uh, done by Gonzo, <laughs> and it's just <laughs> and it's funny and sweet, and I just love it. So um, that that is my second favorite version, and of course there are there are lots of versions out there. Um, some of them I think I actually need to go back and, and rewatch or watch the whole thing because, like I said, I've seen them in pieces or, or whatever. But um, it's it's great to have so many versions, but uh, I'm especially glad we have this one just um, just because I, I think it's just it, it, everything just works here. Everything comes together, the writing, the acting, the music, everything. And as you, as just, you said, uh, the extra makes- parts kind of make sense. They work, yeah. I mean, we, we thousands of times we've seen screenwriters try to um, uh, go deeper, um, you know, make, make things make things come together the way they maybe they don't in original stories. And half the time, I, I think they end up messing it up. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those a great example of when it works. Yeah, I think I think the the screenwriter was really committed to the characters to the story, to not just like adding stuff to add stuff, but just um, digging deeper into what was there. And I think it really, really works. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, A Christmas Carol or a Scrooge, however, whatever part of the uh, side of the Atlantic you fall on, Uh, you know, starring Alistair Sims and directed by Brian Desmond Hurst. Um, uh, Gina, where can we find you online? Oh, I am in various places. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I edit for uh, Christianity Today, and sometimes I write there. So um, if you go to ChristianityToday.com, you can see some of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I, I mentioned uh, my Dickens blog. It's just at DickensBlog.TypePad.com. I'm also on Twitter. It's just G-I-N-A-D-A-L-F-O-N-Z-O. Just my name mm-hmm. is my handle. So um, any of those places. All right. And uh, the, that stuff will all be at the show notes. Uh, I, I think I'm going to read through that uh, Dickens blog and post some of my uh, some of the ones I enjoy, especially this uh, the interview that you gave. So uh, watch our uh, Twitter and uh, you know Facebook for that. 
And uh, you can find us at uh, facebook.com slash the commentarians. Uh, find us on uh, Twitter at the comments pod on Instagram at commentarians pod and uh, check out our Patreon where you get bonus episodes at patreon.com slash the commentarians. Uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, we will see you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the commentarians podcast, a Raven Creek social club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.